Welcome to episode 17. Today, I wanted to do a quick episode on my most impactful mindset shifts that helped me scale my business. Mindset is such an important part of growing and maintaining your business. Mindset is literally everything when it comes to building your confidence, attracting the right clients, and taking care of yourself as the business owner. I do wish I'd had these huge mindset shifts earlier in my business career, but then I wouldn't be doing an episode about them. So let's jump in. Hi there, I'm Isabel Kateman and I run Stripe Dog Creative, a website strategy and design firm dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs create strategic and elegant websites so they can attract their dream clients, raise their prices, and scale their businesses. I'm so excited to have you here for the Mind Reading Marketing Podcast. Tune in each week to hear practical business advice, tips on embracing and learning from failure, trust me, it's going to happen, and real talk on trying to create a balanced life as an entrepreneur for my guest experts and of course, from me. Ready to turn those dreams into a reality? Let's do it. All right, so for today's episode, I wanted to just do a really quick episode about three major mindset shifts for scaling without stress. As we head into 2022 and as I continue to scale and grow my business and launch a course this year along with rebranding this January, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, the lessons that I learned in 2021 and what I want to take forward into 2022. And so there are a few things that I'm really trying to keep in mind for myself that I think are really helpful for people who are trying to scale their business. And the first lesson that I think is so important that took me a really long time to realize is that you can't do it alone. I just feel like this lesson is It's such a huge mindset shift when you get out of the solopreneur mindset and you start to think like a CEO. And I actually was just talking to somebody the other day who was talking about how they really have no desire to kind of bring on a team. They love being a solopreneur. And while there's nothing wrong with that, there is an upper limit of what you can achieve when you're thinking like that, because In that way, you can only get done what your own time allocates. So there are only so many hours in a day that you're able to do work and only so many days in a week and only so many weeks in a year. And so you're really kind of capping your output. So, you know, of course you can try to drive up your price for your pro, you know, for your service, your program or whatever it is, absolutely as high as possible so that you're able to, you know, work with fewer clients and kind of take that away. At some point, you just reach this upper limit of not being able to raise those prices any further, kind of have the market hold that, and and then you're stuck. And so I think it's it's something that I know I used to say that a lot, but for me, it was actually coming from a place of fear. It was coming from a place of, you know, oh, I don't, I don't want this huge agency, or I don't want to have to, you know, manage teams and teams of people. And I think that there's there's a lot of There's a lot of space between having, you know, a few contractors or, you know, even a few employees versus like I have an agency that I have to manage. Like if you're, if you're getting to that place where you have like a full blown massive agency of people, then you've done something very right and you'll kind of deal with that problem when you get there. But for me, it was really coming from a place of fear of just being so scared to kind of let go and so scared to allow anyone else kind of into my process and, and a thought around, you know, I do things in such a unique way and I, you know, have such a unique background. How am I going to find someone that is able to do what I do? And I think that 
that was actually the problem. I think the problem was that I was trying to find somebody who could do exactly what I do and do it in the exact way that I could do it. And this is still something that I have to kind of remind myself, but you're not going to find a clone of yourself. And I think it's really important to realize that. I think that each of us as business owners and as CEOs have certain strengths, but we also have weaknesses, right? Everyone isn't good at everything. There are lots of things that I'm not good at. And I think what's really great is if you can focus on your strengths and really own them, but you can be very aware of the weaknesses that you have. If you can hire people who can then fill in those gaps, that's going to be a much better hire than trying to find somebody who is is basically trying to kind of like replicate exactly what you do. And I'm going to do a whole other episode on on kind of tips for hiring and and all of that because I think that that was also a huge lesson for me in 2021 in terms of just like bringing on a team and and just those kind of like growing pains and and learnings from it and it would have been really helpful for me to kind of have some advice in that sector. So I'll kind of get into that in a separate episode. But for this one, I just kind of want to talk about the mindset shift around not being able to do it alone. I think that, you know, you take on so many roles as a business owner and a CEO, but the most important role for you to be in is really for you to stay high level and push the business forward. And this usually comes from networking, growing the business, trying to get more clients. And it's really difficult as someone who tried to do this for a very long time. It's really difficult to kind of keep up with networking and keep up with all those relationships and keep up with getting clients and then also do the client work. It is very hard. That's not to say that, you know, you won't have a hand in client work. Of course, I have a huge hand in client work, but it's just to say that you can't do everything. It's almost like as a CEO on top of networking, you have to be, you know, you have to be doing finances. You have to be, you know, keeping track of all the back end stuff on the business. You have to be, you know, maintaining your, your website. You have to be posting on social media. You have to be, you know, doing, doing all of the client work that you're offering. And it's like you, you get to a point where you're not able to do all of those things alone. So I think the sooner that you're able to kind of like accept that fear and swallow it and be like, okay, it's time to kind of see what happens, the better off you'll be in terms of allowing your business to grow and scale. And it does take a lot of kind of time and mindset shifting, but I think once you're there, it'll feel really good and freeing. And I think that it's something that's so important. And what was actually really interesting, and I will link to this in the show notes as well, but I was reading a 2021 recap from Vanessa Lau, who's a content creator on Instagram and YouTube. And she had this really great quote. And she said, another aha moment was how so many of these entrepreneurs had freed up their time to the point that their sole focus was networking and traveling. They had teams that ran the business without them while they did what a CEO does best. Go out and look for more opportunities and new ideas that would further their businesses even more. They weren't executing things in the present. They were planning things for the future. And this was a learning that she had from going to a conference that was filled with like seven, eight, nine figure entrepreneurs. And I just thought that this was so interesting because this really kind of is what I'm looking to do moving forward. This is where I'm kind of trying to get myself. And I think that these solopreneurs are very focused on executing in the present. You kind of get very stuck on, you know, I have, you're very reactive, right? It's like, I have this client thing and I have to get this done. Or I, you know, today I have this networking meeting, let me prep for it. And I think the problem with that is while you're basically keeping your head above water, you're not able to think to the future and you're not able to plan forward. And I think when you're not able to do that, your business really isn't able to scale and grow. And so 
if that's a goal of yours is really to grow and scale your business. And, you know, maybe that is bringing on team members. Maybe that is just taking on even more clients, you know, larger capacity. Maybe you're, you know, right now you offer a service and you want to launch a course, or maybe right now you have a course and you want to, you know, start a service, whatever it is. I think without having team members in place, you're not going to be able to get there. So that is my first lesson is you can't do it alone and bring on a team. And I will do a separate episode on hiring. My second mindset shift that I found in terms of being able to scale was being willing to fail or make mistakes. I know a lot of people don't like the word fail. I actually find that I learn the most from my mistakes But I think this was the biggest shift for me was realizing that not everything is going to go perfectly. So, um, you know, even now I'm in the process of rebranding my business and I actually reached out to my business coach yesterday and I was asking her, I like suggested, you know, 20 new taglines. And she was like, Isabel, it's perfectly fine the way it is. Like we need to just get this out. And she was so right. The thing is like, you can spend days and weeks and months going over color palettes and logos and fonts and taglines. And that's not to say that you don't want to make it as strong as it could be. Of course, you want to make it as strong as it could be. But at some point, you just have to be willing to put that first draft out there and and see what happens. And I think that, you know, one of the things about a business and especially about a website is it's always evolving. It's always changing. You know, every quarter, Every time you talk to a client, every time you do a project, you should have lessons from that that you can then take and, you know, put toward your next project, put toward changing something on your website. If you keep getting the same question over and over, you can add that to an FAQ, things like that. But I think you have to be really willing to just put that first draft out there. I think that it can be really scary because a lot of times when you're putting something out there like a new service or you're launching a course, which I haven't done yet, but I have definitely seen a lot of people that have, you feel like it's a reflection on you. And I think that the biggest thing that's that's been the most helpful for me and that I'm also trying to kind of embody in this whole like being willing to fail or make mistakes is really understanding that it's it's your business. It's not a reflection on you. If you have a course launch that doesn't go well, it doesn't mean that you did something wrong. Sure, there are lessons that you could probably take away from that and those would be fantastic for the next time. But it's just about your business. And the sooner that you can separate those things, the easier it's going to be. And I think that I hate the word fake it. I hate like the phrase fake it till you make it because I think that there's just such a negative connotation there. But I really think the more that you can embody just this almost like blind confidence, if you will, of like, I'm willing to fail. I'm willing to make mistakes, but like, it's probably going to go really well. And it's, you know, I'm probably going to do really well on this. I think that the sooner that you can get to that place, the better off you'll be. And I think that this is such an unfair paradox in this business. And I think it's very unfortunate that this is the truth, but I think that the more confident you are and the more that you come at something from a place of, you know, being confident and kind of believing in yourself, the more you attract those types of clients, right? So it's like, if you're putting yourself out there and you're saying, you know, I know that I can help you and, you know, here, you know, this is my first draft, but I I believe in it and I stand behind this mission and I can't wait you know, to see with this new service, how I can help people that is going to attract people that are excited to work with you, that see what you're putting out there. You know, even if it has a small typo in it 
which is like a recovering perfectionist was, was huge for me, even if it isn't the absolute perfect tagline. And I think that the sooner that you can kind of get there in terms of like believing yourself and, and being willing to kind of put yourself out there, the better off you're going to be. Because unfortunately, when you're coming from a place of desperate energy, when you are so worried, you know, about making something a hundred percent perfect that you hold it in and hold it in and hold it in, you know, hold it back from launching for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then you finally put it out there and you're kind of nervous and you're like, how, you know, how, how does everyone feel about this? The minute you come from that place, who wants to work with that? And it's so unfair because of course, all of us feel like that at some point, right? Like this whole, this whole hundred percent confidence all of the time is so difficult to kind of maintain, but I think it's really just about being open to making those mistakes. Because I think as soon as you're open to making mistakes and as soon as you're not coming at things from a perfectionist attitude, it kind of just takes the stress away, right? Like, you know, if you're, if you're going to go do something and then you think to yourself like, meh, like, you know, if I do it, great. If I don't do it, not a big deal. You go at it with such a like laissez-faire attitude, which automatically makes you seem more confident. And so I think, you know, I haven't, I haven't kind of perfected the phrase around this. I really don't like kind of fake it till you make it. But I think, you know, if you're willing to make those mistakes and you're willing to believe in yourself and you're willing to really be confident in what you're offering and what you're putting out there, I think that that reflects so strongly on everything that is being put out into the world. And the other thing with this being willing to fail and make mistakes is also just to like not get into analysis paralysis. Like I've seen so many fellow business owners who, you know, had a website that was 95% of the way there and then literally didn't launch their new offer, didn't launch their website for like another eight to 10 weeks because they were tweaking one word here or one color there. Well, guess what? In those eight to 10 weeks, you might've picked up five brand new clients, but instead you were just sitting behind the scenes, you know, tweaking this and that because you were so terrified to put something out that wasn't perfect that then you lost out on those potential clients. And so I think you really have to come at it from a place of, you know, you want to help people and you want to be able to serve people. And you're going to be able to do that so much better if you're just confident and believe in yourself and know that mistakes are going to happen. So my third mindset shift for scaling was learning to say no. And this one is the absolute hardest for me. I have so much trouble saying no. I don't like disappointing people. I don't like letting people down. But lately I have had a huge mindset shift around how empowering it is to finally put yourself first. And I think this is so important when you're scaling or, you know, shifting your business, really refocusing on things because you really have to be all in when you're focusing on your business in doing these things. And it takes so much kind of energy and effort to go through a new launch with all of the marketing that goes through it, or especially, you know, a course launch. And so I think it's really important to be protective of yourself and your boundaries. And I will say that it's almost addicting. Like once you start, it's so scary the first time, but once you start to say no, it becomes really fun, dare I say. Um, and so I was actually in a group this morning and somebody asked or, you know, was kind of talking about the short term discomfort for the long term gain. And I think it's such an accurate way of describing this kind of like learning how to set boundaries and learning how to say no. It's so uncomfortable, especially for people 
people who are kind of people pleasers the first time that you do it. But in the long run, when you, when you keep saying no and you learn to kind of protect yourself in your own time, it sort of becomes a habit. And once it becomes a habit in the long run, it becomes so much easier. So I feel like, you know, my whole life, I've felt like the person who, who's almost like the host of their own party, right? You always see the host running around and making sure everybody is set up and good to go before ever stopping to take a break and, you know, actually feed themselves or like get some rest or anything like that. But this year I'm, I'm like literally making the hugest shift and it has felt so incredible. One of the things that I've started doing is I've started getting up early every morning to get some sort of movement in and you know, that's not at all for my physical health. While that's a great benefit, it's actually for my mental health. And I have found that just getting up early, having that time to myself first thing in the morning, getting some sort of movement in, getting my body moving, allowing, you know, my brain to kind of go wherever it wants to go, whether it's working out some sort of problem or it's just totally, you know, listening to the music that I'm playing or whether I'm listening to a podcast, whatever it is, is so incredible for just carving out that time for myself. And then of course, because I'm getting up earlier, I have to go to bed earlier. So this is really tough because my husband's a night owl and I feel like for the longest time, I used to kind of burn the candle at both ends, right? I was trying to get up really early, but then I was also staying up really late so that we could hang out and we'd get more, you know, partner time in. But what I realized this year was that I can't be a good partner if I'm exhausted, if I'm depleted. And so what was happening was my alarm would go off first thing in the morning and I was absolutely exhausted. And then I didn't want to get up. And then of course I wouldn't get my own time in. And so I think this is so important in life, of course, but also as you're starting to kind of scale your business is to really start to think about what you need to get to the goals of where you want to go. Start asking yourself, like, what things do I need as the CEO of this business to get done what I need to get done? You know, I think another way to think about it is time is money. You know, your time is such a limited resource and your time is so valuable that anything, you know, this, this goes back to into kind of like bringing on a team or learning to say no, you know, you, let's say, you know, someone asks you to do a speaking opportunity and it's just like not the right audience for you, but you feel kind of guilty. And so you go and do that, you know, or you, someone wants to kind of pick your brain. And so, you know, instead of charging them or instead of saying no, you go and grab, you know, a two hour coffee with like, with, you know, a new business owner. I'm not saying you shouldn't help people, but I'm just saying that you have to think about it as in what else could you be doing during that time that would better serve you as the CEO and as the business owner? Because if during that time you could have been networking and meeting, you know, some incredible business owners who are going to be, you know, great friends and outlets for you and your business, that's so important, especially as we're still stuck in COVID and we don't have, you know, the same social networking opportunities in person that we had before. Or let's say that could have been a brand new client or multiple brand new clients that you met at that networking event. And there is tens of thousands of dollars that, you know, you've just kind of let go because you couldn't say no and you felt guilty, even though, you know, this opportunity wasn't going to work out. And so I think it's really important to kind of focus on all the people that you'd be able to help or all of the things that you'd be able to do for yourself in that time if you're able to say no. So I think that was, you know, the hugest shift for me in terms of learning to say no. And it is, I will tell you, it is so empowering once you start doing it. You sort of just want to start saying no to everything because if it's something that you haven't really 
done before in your life, then you realize that you've had all these years of like never getting to say it. And you feel like a little errant three-year-old, just like wanting to say no to everything. But I really do think that, you know, as you start to scale your business, as you start to grow, as you start to put yourself first, as you start to embody that CEO role, it's so important to learn that no is a complete sentence. And I feel like until this year, I never understood that. You know, I heard people say it, but I I kind of scoffed at it. And I was like, you know, it's that's impossible. Like you can't say no to everything. You can actually. Um, it's really, it's really fun. So I encourage you to give it a shot. So those are my three major mindsets for scaling without stress. These were by far just kind of the biggest things that I learned last year, the biggest things that I'm focusing on this year. You know, so let me know, you know, comment, find me on Instagram send me a DM. Let me know if any of this was helpful for you. You know, what lessons you've learned as you're scaling your business or what lessons you hope to learn, you know, as you're in the process of scaling your business. And then of course, as you know, I have a new service that I'm offering as of the end of January. So keep an eye on stripedogcreative.com for that. Hopefully, you know, talking all about not, you know, not getting into analysis paralysis, hopefully everything will be live with the website you know, in the next week or two, and maybe even by the time this episode comes out. So very excited for that. And the new service will be very focused on six-figure business owners who are looking to scale and grow. So I hope this episode was helpful and I look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Mind Reading Marketing Podcast with yours truly, Isabel Caitlin. If you love the show, I would appreciate it if you could leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I love hearing from all of you. Share it with a friend, family, colleague, or anyone you know who may benefit from this episode. Remember, you can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at stripedogcreative.com. All right, that's it for today. See you next time.